Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey! Hello? It is Yumi and a Poltergeist. It's Belinda. Brayden. We are your weekly pair who unveils the stories behind the Banshee Whales. Good, good enough? Good enough Pretty for good. you? I was expecting you to rhyme something with pair. Yeah, I should have uh, cut that bit out. Like all your ghostly scares or something. Ooh. We are the weekly pair who... I forgot what you said. (laughs) Something about ghostly scares. Ghostly scares. Anyways, that'll be next week. So, welcome to the show. Belinda, how are you? I'm pretty swell. It's our current new year, as well as yours, but when you're listening to this, it will be a week away from New Year's. And today, for us, is the 4th of January. The 4th of Jan. For you, it'll be some other time. Soz. Sounds about it. Sounds about it. Yeah. How was your New Year's? Speaking to Belinda, not oh, the crowd. Not the I was cr- waiting for a response from someone else. Um, <clears throat> it was good. I spent my New Year's. Uh, I spent it just vomiting. Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! I went to Falls Festival, which, if you don't know, it's a festival that gets celebrated in three cities. Um, one city, unfortunately was cancelled due to the fires in Victoria that are still going. There's fire um, everywhere out here. We're on fire. We're nothing new, but still terrible. Yeah. So I won't drag on about it. But, yeah, I went to Byron Bay and I may have had a little bit to drink <laughs> from 10 o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock <laughs> at night. And yes. we were supposed to be staying for Peking Duck. Who were headlining the New Year's Eve night. And yep. um, I was like, Miffy, who came with me, my best friend Miffy. I was like, I don't think I can make it. And she's like, you know what? I'm tired. We don't have to stay. I was like. Hello there. This is Brayden in editing. I thought I'd just quickly share a little notice to tell you that Belinda shares a story about her being sick, which can be quite graphic. And I know that some of our listeners aren't too into listening to that sort of thing. So that's very fine. And you can skip ahead to five minutes and 55 seconds where we resume the non-sick discussion. Thank you. Chat to you soon. Let's it's good because go I feel home. sick. <laughs> and I was like, I think I can make it home before be- before vomiting. But we ended up taking a wrong turn um, after I had said, um, can you just pull over into the petrol station for a second? I think I might need to throw up. 
and then I didn't need to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was fucking her around. Were you just like, were you like, ugh, ugh, I had, or you just didn't even. You know, when all that. that saliva comes, yeah, yeah. I had all that and I was like, I can make it, I can make it. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and the all the toilets were blocked off. Like it was one of those BPs where it has like the foodery and the, um, yeah. like a Macca's. Yeah. All toilets were blocked the off. The cleaners had already closed up for the day. They weren't letting any drunkies come in and I was ruin like, their fuck off, let me vomit. Sparkling porcelain. And then, no, did I tell you this? Get this. This fucking kid vomits outside the front of the fucking shop. And I'm like, oh, Good shit. Good idea. Let me do that I was too. like, I want to do that. And I really was just about to run to the closest bush and vomit. But then I was like, I'll just get me a feet to park over near the bush. You should have joined hands in unity with the child. And vomited together as a community. I don't know how that would have looked. A grown woman yeah, grabbing... A grown drunk woman grabbing hands with a child. Oh, I should mention that I ate a really, really greasy pizza as soon as we got there. And then I went and had um, two... Pingers. No. <laughs> I wish. I had two um, Red Bull and vodkas. Oh, uh, yeah. As you do. Vodka Red Bulls. That's what I meant to say. And, yeah, I went... <laughs> we would continue to drive home after that when I was like, I feel good, I feel good. Took a wrong turn, ended up going like towards Mount Morning, which is wow. not ready perfect. to go climb a mountain. Literally. In the perfect state to as well. Absolutely. Um, and we ended up getting back out on the road. We pulled over while Miffy got her GPS all set up to try and get out. And I was like, I'll vomit here. <laughs> and I was t- I was standing there on the side of the road like come on do it vomit like egging myself on I'm not a tack vomer I can't do that tactical vomiting ba- is the babe, best babe babe I barely have a gag reflex <laughs> 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 anyway got back on the road we're probably like three exits from the from home mm. and I'm like yeah you gotta pull over right now oh, and shit. i open up the door and i just vomit and all that came out was just the vodka red bulls and the um the pizza that i ate nothing had digested nothing had soaked into my body my body was like i don't fucking want this shit as soon as you put it in yeah and i vomited everywhere gross and mind you i had been drinking water 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 but yeah that's how i spent my new year's eve Cool. And um, I got back in the car and I was like, I feel great. Got mm. Went home and ate some loaded fries, had a nap, woke up, did it all again the next day. Hell and yeah. the day after. Good to go. Full festivals, awesome. three-day thing, by the way, if you didn't yeah. know. So yeah, that's well, how I spent my New Year's. What about you, babe? I went camping. I drove up north with a few friends. Uh, on the drive up, my friend's tyre had been plugged because <sighs> a nail was in it the day. Very nice. Hey, settle down. Oh, big girl voice on there. Like, oh, His little fuck, face yeah, when he right. comes you in. Treat? 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 Do you want to go to bed and shut up? <laughs> All right. Okay, so, sorry. Yes, we were driving up and he had previously plugged his tire with one of those little plugs that you do, temporary plug. Because he had a nail in his tire But he didn't do it very well Well he said he didn't do it very well So he went to take it to A tire centre place To get it sort of removed And then plugged properly Anyways mm. the tire guy's just like Nah it's fine it'll be right. Anyways so we're driving Like 
into the trip, it could have been like five minutes before, I started, I don't want to call it ESP, or maybe I was just sensing the fact that the fucking car was wobbling, but <laughs> I was like, something doesn't feel right. Did you say that to anyone? No, though? because I'm in a car that I don't really know. The roads were fairly, the highway was sort of like, it had kind of been like, iffy, hey? it was shitty, shitty freaking road. Was that when you were more up north towards Sunshine Coast? Yeah, it was like past Sunshine Coast at this point. Oh, yeah. So, I mean. They don't invest in that. No. Oh, not quite. Maybe just at Sunshine Coast. But anyways, yeah. And suddenly it's just like, and the car leans over my side <laughs> and begins like semi fishtailing while we're going 110 kilometers an hour. And then Alex's driving manages to get over to the far uh, edge and then park, luckily. But we get out and the tire's bloody halfway off the wheel. It's like nearly completely separated and dragging on rim <sighs> alone. So wow. it was pretty terrifying, fun start to the trip. But then we eventually, after another two and a half, three hours, got to where we decided to camp, which was along this very long beach, which just, I mean, there's sea spray ahead of you and sea spray behind you. And all the sort of scenery kind of looks the same. So it's like you're going on like a treadmill of ocean and beach. Like it's just like consistently revolving and it's like so long, like kilometers and kilometers long that, yeah, it's kind of, you could get, I mean, if you got stuck there, it'd be fucking hard to sort of tell someone where you are without GPS. Oh, Oh, I'm at a beach. Some place. Anyhow. Uh, lots of fun, camped, uh, had a good time overall. I saw this, um, meme that was like, New Year's Eve is always the worst fucking day of the year every single year because you have this high expectation and it's never going to live up to that. And someone is always so fucked up that they (laughs) don't remember a damn thing. They lose everything. And I was like, yep. (laughs) And I wasn't, I like, I remember the whole three days. The last day, actually, I didn't drink at all but i still came home super fucking tired and delirious but what was i saying super delirious super delirious doesn't meet your expectations yeah exactly sorry i totally forgot what i was talking about so like i i didn't black out or anything i was definitely drunk at some point i was definitely tipsy most of the time but like yeah it never lives up to your expectation i had a pretty sweet time of entertaining my high friends with a glow stick light show down the very black oh, beach. Oh, shit. <laughs> Corey, who you met today, had a regular lantern. met him several times. Yeah, as well. But he had a lantern and he was just turning it on and off and then like putting it behind him and putting it in front of him. And oh, the shit. guys were lined up on a sand dune just like, oh, and I had a glow stick wrapped around in a circle and I was spinning it on my finger and they were like, what the fuck? High people are very easily, easily entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow. What are we talking about? Can I also just mention one more thing? No. Fuck you, because I am. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I told Brayden this today, and I still can't get over just, like, how amazing it was. We were dancing in a mosh pit, and some fight, like, kind of broke out near us. And I just, because all I do is speak in TikToks now. And I just went, just I'm up. in the ghetto. And this other girl just goes, Ra-ta-ta-ta. and I was like, oh, shit. And oh. that was probably a really big highlight. 95% of our audience who doesn't watch or even know what TikTok is, that's a TikTok. That's a TikTok, please. That's a TikTok Look meme. at it. 
Anyhow, what are we talking about, Belinda? Um, well, I'm talking about the Bell Witch of Tennessee. What are you talking about? I am talking about a little place in Java called... i got to freaking find the name because I can't <laughs> remember it off the top of my head. Lawang Sawu. Lawang Sawu. Yes. That sounds like the berry from Cloudy with a chance of meatballs too <laughs> yeah. talking. Yeah. Flynn Woo. So, who wants to go first? I went first last week. I'll go first but this week then. All right, do it. Do it, Tom. All right. No, I'm going to do wait, it till you run you... now. Did I, I can't remember who went first last week. You just you go did. first. You did, because I went last and I ended on a very depressing note. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those horror, you know, sad stories. Go ahead. Alrighty then, I'm doing the Bell Witch of Tennessee. You sound like a car speeding by. <laughs> I do better car noises than that. What am I talking? Oh, come about? on, give us some car noises. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was terrible. Clip that and use that for your future movies, right? Um, um, all ones. royalties to me. Yep. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. So, The Bell Witch of Tennessee is one of the more famous true ghost stories in yep. American history. And um, this story was inspired by, has, sorry, this story has inspired many documentaries and a major picture, an American haunting in 2005. Uh, cool. Yeah, have you yep. heard of it? Sure have. Me too. I've not watched it. I've heard of it. Yeah. I've actually heard of this haunting before as well. Oh. I don't know too many of the details, so I'm ready to be... Blown away. Blown away by the amazing facts. It's uh, one of the most well-documented true ghost stories ever. Ooh. Ever is ever. the word that they use. Did you have like a thousand things to look at? Yes. Oh, actually. very nice. Yes. <laughs> there are... <laughs> there are several books about it written by descendants of the family. Are they still being haunted? Let's read and find out. All right, continuing. In 1804, a farmer by the name of John Bell and his family moved from North Carolina to the community Red River, Tennessee, which later became the town of Adams. Um, as John amassed more and more land in the area, eventually up to 328 acres, the family started to report a variety of strange encounters. Uh-oh. They took over some, Uh-oh. like, haunted Native American burial ground stuff. Well, between 1817 and 1821, these included night terrors about rats gnawing away at families' beds mm. and eventually a series of faint whispering voices that sounded Almost like an old woman softly singing hymns. Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. The Ring witch was able to... Was that creepy? Yeah, let's not do that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, the witch was able to shapeshift and even speak to people before they realized that she was an entity. There were some accounts that believed the spirit was a clairvoyant and capable of crossing long distances with superhuman speed or being in more than one place at a time. Wow. Um, one day in 1817, John Bell was inspecting his cornfield when he encountered a strange-looking animal sitting in the middle of the corn room. It had the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. A rabbit? Mm-hmm. What is that called? That's a thing. 
Um, um, the Bell Witch. A Whoopentinger <laughs> or something like that. Really? Yeah, I think it's like a... Um, oh, but it has antlers as well, sorry. Oh. This didn't say it had antlers, just the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. Okay. I think it's like Irish folklore, that Whoopentinger oh, thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's look into that. We shall. Um, shocked by the appearance, John shot several times. The animal vanished, but he didn't think much of it again until after dinner. That evening... <laughs> he had his his for wife's dinner. like, look what I found in the yard. Delicious. Strange looking dog rabbit, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Meat's meat. Um, that evening, the bells began hearing beating sounds on the outside walls of their log house. Ooh. The mysterious sounds continued with increased frequency and force each night. John and his sons often ran outside to catch the culprit, but always returned empty-handed. In the following... In the mini has two sips of wine. <laughs> in the following weeks, the Bell children began waking up frightened, complaining that the rats were gnawing at their at their bedposts. Oh, Not long after that, the children began complaining of having their bed covers pulled from them and their pillows tossed onto the floor by a seemingly invisible entity. God. This at, is full blown poltergeist right? activity coming at these poor children. Or is it a witch slash clairvoyant? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the clairvoyant. Um, as time went on, they began to hear faint whispering voices, which sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns, but too weak to understand. The encounters escalated, and the Bell's youngest daughter, Elizabeth, but they called her Betsy, um, began experiencing brutal encounters with the witch. And would pull out her hair, slap her relentlessly, often leaving welts and handprints all over her body, including her face. Wow. John had told his family to keep it all a secret, but the disturbances got to a point where he decided to share his troubles with his close friend and neighbour, James Johnson. Did James bring in the fucking uh, Catholic Calvary? Well, no, but... Johnson and his wife spent the night at the Bell home where they were subjected to the same terrifying disturbances that the Bells had experienced. After having his bed covers removed and being slapped repeatedly, Johnson sprang out of bed and exclaimed, In the name of the Lord, who are you? <laughs> I tried to do that so good. In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? There was no response, but the rest of the night was peaceful. Ah, honestly. <laughs> up until, you know... Having whispers of an old lady in my ear it didn't sound too bad. Sound like a good time, honestly. <laughs> That's all you hear. The bed sheets ripped ripped off, you know, getting slapped around a bit like oh. a rough. You know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand very well. Sounds like a, yeah, a spec- sounds like a regular night. Sounds like a spectrophiliac like fucking oh. daydream, wet dream. <laughs> 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 Indeed. That was good. <laughs> I love that you give a rating to your jokes after you tell a joke. Yeah, because I know they're good. <laughs> How the chicken crossed the road. Get the to get the other side. Oh, that was that pretty was good. good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the witch's voice strengthened over time to the point that um, was loud and unmistakable. It sang hymns, quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversations, and once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time in the same day 
13 miles apart. What the fuck? It's fucked up. I do want to know how exactly this... So, uh, obviously the witch is like a physical being, like actual real being and not a spirit. Or is the witch a spirit? Well, more of a spirit because it's like an invisible entity doing all of this. Right. I'll tell you how they got the name in a minute. I'm so confused that it can quote scripture and stuff because usually that's like big, like red, well, big like thing that evil entities aren't allowed or aren't, aren't, aren't capable of doing is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's why it's more believed that sh- the the entity is like a like a witch mm. or a clairvoyant, not like or, a demon. Or something. You know, not necessarily a demon, but mm. something. Okay. Word of this supernatural phenomenon soon spread outside the settlement, even to Nashville, where then Major General Andrew Jackson took a keen interest. Who was the same Andrew Jackson you're thinking of? The future president. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Of the United States. Well, actually? Legit. What the hell? The president the was future. like... The future. The future president was, like, awesome. This Let's, is cool. He was the major general at that stage. Okay. Wow. Anyway. So, John Bell Jr., Drury... I don't know how... It's D-R-E-W-R-Y. Whoever fucking name they kid that, honestly. Drury. Drury. It's fucking stupid. It's like Drew. With re at the end. <laughs> Drew re re Drury. Anyway, Drury Bell and Jesse Bell, John's eldest sons, had fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. In 1819, Jackson decided to visit the Bell Farm and see what this was all about. Jackson's entourage consisted of several men, some well-groomed horses, and a wagon. Hmm. Um... As they approached the Bell property, the wagon suddenly stopped and the horses couldn't pull it. After several minutes of cursing and trying to coax the horses into pulling the wagon, Jackson proclaimed, By by the eternal, boys, this must be the Bell Witch. And thus giving the entity its official name. Ah, so old President Jackson gave the witch's... Well, it gave the entity a name. A name, exactly. Cool. Then a disembodied female voice told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them again later that evening. Wow. Mm. Wink. Oh, wink, wink. <laughs> President Jackson. Bell witches are like, I'm a slab of prime meat who knows what's what. <laughs> I'm a exactly. dumb truck. Okay. That's what she said. <laughs> That's exactly what she said, and Nick Kroll stole, stole it. You know it. Yeah. Then they made their way to the Bell home, where Jackson and John had a long discussion about the Native Americans and, and other topics, while Jackson's entourage waited to see if the entity was going to manifest. One of the men claimed to be a witch tamer. Wow. And after several uneventful hours, he pulled out a shiny pistol and proclaimed that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that comes into contact with it. He went on to say then that the reason nothing has happened is because the entity is scared of the silver bullet. Ah, like a werewolf. Yeah, but guess what? It's not a fucking werewolf. It's an invisible entity that literally fucked him up immediately after he said that. Oh, really? He got ruined? Yeah, he started screaming and jerking his body around. 
and complaining he was being stuck with pins and beaten and a strong swift kick to the man's bottom sent him out the front door via this evil entity. Well, Via the witch, the bell witch. Let's fucking see where your silver bullet's at now, motherfucker. Right? Um, angry Wait, what the kind ant- of silver bullet was this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he was getting jerked around so much. Oh, poor choice of words in my <laughs> defense there. Um, so angry, the entity then spoke up and announced that There was yet another fraud in Jackson's party and that he would be identified and tormented the following evening. I want to know who it was. So do I. But we never found out. Okay. Jackson's terrified men begged to leave the Bell Farm, but Jackson insisted on staying so that he could ascertain who the other fraud was. The men eventually went outside to sleep in their tents but continued begging Jackson to leave. What happened next isn't clear, but Jackson and his entourage were spotted um, in nearby Springfield early the next morning, presumably en route to Nashville, and that was that. Wow. Mm, Something must have happened, but... Oh, hell yeah. Don't know what. It's so cool that the future president, at one point, hunted a ghost. Legit. And gave it a name. I would vote for him. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know anything about American history though. And his like friend, oh, his fucking one of his mates is just like getting wrecked by this witch, and he's just like, "No, we're staying around here. This is cool." And he's like, "I want to know who else is fucking betraying me." Yeah, he's got some balls. <laughs> um. So over time, Betsy Bell became interested in a man named Joshua Gardner. Very sweet. She fell in love. Um, her family was happy for them and gave them their blessing, blah, blah, blah. But the Bell Witch um, had told her repeatedly not to marry him. Why? Don't know. Uh-oh. Never specified why. Um, Betsy and Joshua's former school teacher, though, Richard Powell, has been noticed, um, had been noticeably interested in Betsy for some time and expressed interest in marrying her when she became older. Um, he was 11 years older than her. That's not that weird. I mean, as long as But I mean, 18. as a teacher, like a school teacher. I'm going to marry you someday, young girl. That's nasty. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Get the fuck out. That is what some people would call a pedophile. Exactly. And by some accounts... Um, he was apparently a student of the occult too. Oh. Mm. So I wonder if he's conjured up this thing. Probably not, but let's continue. He was secretly married to a woman in nearby Nashville by the name of Esther Scott during the time he spent at Red River expressing his fondness for Betsy. Powell expressed his disappointment with Betsy's engagement, wished her a long and prosperous marriage with Joshua. That's nice. That is very nice. He's like, if you love me, let me go. (laughs) Um, Betsy and Joshua couldn't go to the river or the field or the cave to play without the entity and following them and taunting them. Um, On Easter Monday in 1820, Betsy met Joshua at the river and ended the engagement as she had reached her limits with the witch's taunting. The disturbances decreased after the engagement was ended, but the entity continued to express its dislike with John Bell and vowed relentlessly to kill him. So okay. John Bell's a dad. Right. Yeah. 
I wonder if this entity is just trying to protect the girl. Maybe the dad had done something to the girl or was mean or, you know, obviously well, did something. It's a theory. Yeah? Yeah. So John had been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swelling for almost a year and the condition seemed to grow worse with time. Now, any rational person would be like, he had a fucking stroke and no one knew it. Yeah. Right? No, no. But. It's me talking. It was a fucking witch. <laughs> okay. Um, by the fall of 1820, his declining health had confined him to the house, where the entity commenced removing his shoes when he tried to walk. Kinky. And slapping his face when he experienced seizures, and that's not funny. Wait, What? So when he was seizuring, he sh- the, she would slap him. Just slapping him. Just having a good old <laughs> slappy rude. I mean, he's suffering enough having a seizure. Right? Let's just slap him in the face. Slap a man when he's down, you know? Literally. And convulsing. Her loud, shrill voice could be heard all over the farm, cursing and chastising old Jack Bell, as she often referred to him. I don't know why she referred to him as Jack. No one knows why she referred What's to his him name? as Jack. John. John? Isn't John like Jack like a shortened of John? Fucked if I know, mate. I don't know. Um, Sorry, that was so rude. I'm, I don't know, babe. Sorry. Thanks. Um, on December 20, 1820, John Bell took his last breath of that morning. Immediately after his death, the family found a small vial of liquid in a cupboard. John Bell Jr. gave some of it to the cat, which died instantly. The entity then spoke up, exclaiming joyfully, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. And John Jr. quickly threw the vial into the fireplace, where it burst into bright bluish flame and shot up the chimney. Wow. John Bell's funeral was one of the largest ever held in Robert, Robert, Robertson County, Tennessee. It's said that after John's funeral, the ghost could be heard singing and laughing loudly in the graveyard. After John's death, save for a few reported encounters, during which the entity bid the family farewell. The presence seemed to largely disappear from um, from the home. What the hell? It just hated the dad. just hated the dad. And men in general, I guess. Sounds like it. In April 21, the entity visited John Bell's widow, Lucy, and told her that it would return in seven years. The witch kept the promise and in 1828 returned. Most of the visits centered around John Bell Jr. The entity discussed such things as origin of life, civilizations, Christianity, and the need for a mass spiritual reawakening. Wait. The witch talked to John Bell Jr. about this. Yep, seven years later. What the hell? I thought she was going to come back and haunt the shit out of him, but she's like just teaching him fucking weird occult shit. Of particular significance where it's nearly accurate predictions of the Civil War and other events. What the hell? Time traveling witch. Time traveling witch ghost. I don't know about you. But that's the fucking coolest thing I've that's ever heard. That's awesome. That's actually That is really cool. what I fucking want to be. So it doesn't actually sound malevolent because if it quoted scripture, well, I mean, if you believe in the fact that evil spirits can't potentially quote scripture, then 
it wouldn't i don't know it's got no i don't know that really is interesting and it didn't come back to hurt the family again it would just tell them sweet facts literally though um, so the entity said farewell after three weeks, promising to return to Bell's direct descendant in 107 years, which would have been 1935, though the descendant in question, Dr. Charles Bailey Bell, wrote a book about the Bell Witch legend, but never mentioned having an encounter of his own and passed away in 1945. Huh. Um, there is another book called Our Family Travel, Travel, Trouble, that was written in 1846 by Richard Williams Bell, the second youngest child of John Bell. It includes the only known eyewitness account of the Bell Witch. It can currently be found in Martin V. Ingram's 1894 Authenticated History of the Bell Witch. So cool. Not finished. 200 years after the Bell family was terrorised by the sinister Bell Witch, researchers continue to study the story, each offering different theories about the entity, but nothing has been explained as to why the witch picked the Bell family to harass. In an American Hauntings retelling, the ghost is explained by arguing that Bell sexually abused his daughter and her repressed memories of the abuse gave rise to the titular witch. Interesting. Um, but in the end, after all the torture and torment, the sound of people talking and children playing can sometimes be heard in the area, and it's not uncommon to see candlelights dance through the dark fields late at night. Photography is especially difficult, as some pictures taken in the area show mist, orbs of light, and other phenomena, including human-like figures who were not present when the picture was taken. What? And that is the Bell Witch. Of Tennessee. I kind of believe that theory. Maybe it's like a, you know, physical embodiment of karma. And that thing's just fucking coming to get the dad because it abused whoever. And maybe um, I I have a theory as to why the witch didn't want her to marry Joshua. Do tell. What if Joshua was going to be abusive like that? Yes. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, if Witchy Poo over here could see... The civil war and shit like yeah, that. The future. Then obviously she would have been able to see that Joshua was danger. I was going to. Honestly, just up. sounds like a kind of guardian. Kind of, hey. Because if you put a spin on it, where the dad has been abusing the daughter, then this witch is kind of just like nothing. Playing that. the hero, <laughs> literally. I like her. Not a bad story, right? Pretty good story. I believe it. It's gonna be hard to follow. Sorry. But I'll do my best. I brought my A game today. I That was three pages. So I am taking us somewhere today that we have never been in the history of You, Me and a Poltergeist. We've covered many countries in Asia, but we have yet to cover Indonesia. Ooh. I know. And more specifically, the island of Java. Like Java the Hutt? No, that's Jabba the Hutt. Or Jabba the Hutt. I don't know whether oh, that's Java, racist. Oh, Java, like the coffee? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, like Java the coffee. Sure. Jabba. So, Javanese I've, people. I don't, I don't watch Star Wars. Sorry. Okay, Java the Hutt. Hey. That's what all those Pizza people Hutt. look like. Java the Hutt. Java the Hutt. Same thing. Pizza Hut. Java the Hutt. <laughs> what? Anyhow. I'm hungry. Javanese people seem to almost view spirits with a little kind of different... Real different to how we view them. 
I mean, they sort of have a similar shared belief that we have where we respect our elders and things like that, you know, for their experiences and whatnot. Uh, But Javanese people seem to take this viewpoint to all spirits as well. They call most spirits Sing Boreko. Sing Boreko? Borekso, sorry. Borekso. Or, which translates from Javanese into those who are in charge. Which is kind of weird and ominous. I mean, and... that gives them a lot of power. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, so much respect is sort of shown to these spirits. It is uncommon for Javanese people to discuss spirits openly in case they get facts wrong and the spirit hears them and becomes offended. So, offended, Shit. Yeah, offended spirit seems to be like a pretty common way to get haunted or like possessed in Javanese culture. Okay, don't offend anyone. Yeah, just like... Says me, the most offensive person. (laughs) But, I mean, what those Javanese people are potentially hesitant to say, I'll gladly say today, because I don't think uh, ghosts listen to podcasts. I would not You'd be surprised, yeah. (laughs) So I'm probably not going to offend any of them. Anyhow. Lawang Sawu, otherwise known as 1000 Doors, is a sort of famous Dutch colonial era complex in Semarang, central Java. It has sort of several buildings on the interior of like an outside wall. It took 15 years to finish from 1904 to 1919 and served as the headquarters of the Dutch East Indies Railway Company. Dutch, mm. The Dutch were, like, settling everywhere, like, putting their little things down everywhere and trying to colonize. Like, South Africa, there's lots of hauntings in Dutch buildings where they yeah. colonized. The Flying Dutchman. Oh. Another Dutch thing. Another Dutch stuff. <laughs> Those are the only two examples I have to back up my claim to send. <laughs> So build- I, I believe it, they mean. Thank you, thank you. Uh, building A of this complex is the most visible of the lot as it faces the road from behind that spiked fenced, uh, spiked top fence. And I have to say, in spite of the fact that this sort of building is almost a reminder of the Dutch invasion and conquest of Indonesia, it's a pretty damn nice looking building. Like the Dutch know how to make a building, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like white walls, beautiful red uh, roof, roofs Ooh. or roofs? Roofs. 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 Uh, archways on archways. Wait, archways on archways? Yeah, like there's an archway, then that like like a flat, and then there's another archway oh, on top of the archway. archway. Wow. Just archway, 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 oh, yeah. Shit. And then. In very, very imposing set of four-story tall towers. Oh. Yeah, almost completely identical. <clears throat> over the top, looking down over the front. Like a castle. Kind of like a castle, but not really. Oh, it's not just like really. a big building. Only four stories tall, so it's not that big. Oh. But it's pretty cool regardless. Yeah. So, while other buildings of Dutch design have fell into disrepair and ruin, uh, some of which are, like, only a few kilometres away from this one particularly, uh, this one has sort of been revitalised again and again, and I think it's sort of got to do a lot with what the history is behind the building itself, and what I believe really to lead to Luang Sawu 
becoming known as the most haunted place in Indonesia. Oh. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I said, Lewangsa was built by the Dutch East Indies Railway Company, and the railway was uh, supposed to sort of show the Indonesians how much more sort of modern and superior they were. It was like their gleaming beacon of modern modernity, if that's a word, modernness and like civilization. And it was sort of uh, meant to, you know, show that they should be the ones in charge and that, you know, Indonesian people should just step aside, let the Dutch rule over them and become a part of that colony. But, I mean, it was sort of built on the backs of the locals regardless, so you can imagine how many people these, like, these Indonesians hated the Dutch. Yeah. And how many of them probably died laying all the freaking railways and, yeah. and everything like that. But It's heartbreaking. Anyways, step forward to World War Two, and Japan had made its way through Asia and quickly managed to overthrow the colonial rule of the Dutch in Indonesia. They pretty much take took complete control over Java and most of Indonesia itself, and Luang Sawu was uh, theirs Sawu. at this point. Sawu. So this is where I believe that the sort of true horrors started that would eventually be the grounds for what is the haunting today. Okay. Yeah. So the Please basement, tell. the basement of B building was turned into a, a detention centre where they would keep prisoners, perform sort of horrific torture sessions... And then beheadings to execute, like, well, execute whoever the fuck they wanted, really. Um, The basement of B-Building had this fairly revolutionary sort of um, air conditioning system where they would allow flood water to run in and rise. It was all concrete and it sort of looked like, you know, those buildings or like, um, sorry, not building, dams and stuff, like the interior of dams. When you look at it, it's got like lots of columns everywhere. And just completely concrete. Yeah. That's kind of what the basement looked like in this place. And it was sort of segmented with like tiny like knee-high walls that like flooded. And then the water would then act as sort of like a cooling mechanism for the rest of the building. Pretty pretty ingenious. But what the Japanese did was they put people down in the basement and would let like water rise. And they'd be keeping these prisoners like sitting up to their neck in water. Mm. And then just like leave them there for days and days and days. And then they'd... Jesus. Well, days. They'd leave them there for months. And then they'd, like, behead people and throw their head in, like, a corner and then put their bodies back down next to their friends. Jesus. So the bloated bodies would, like, just be sitting next to you while you're, like, looking at the beheaded body of your friend. What the Like, really, really horrific shit. Yeah. Apparently, like... People were hung from, like, every available beam in the building. Like, they would just, like, execute people in this building. So they leave the bodies there, or...? Uh, there were none, well, none that I could find. But, I mean, I'm assuming they would have just, like, dumped them or, uh, you know, put them or burn them, put them somewhere else. Mass grave. Yeah, maybe. That's fucking sick. Yeah. There's, like, this one room in particular in the thing that it, like... It's led to by, like, a very small, like, little window doorway that you step through. And it was a particularly sort of brutal punishment to be put in there because you and 12 other people would be put in there and it was so small that none of you could stand up... Oh, sorry, none of you could sit down. So you were stuck 
shoulder to shoulder, or like in this case, you know, you're crunched in so much next to these people, like no personal space whatsoever, confined in this dark box of concrete, and you were just left there to die. And people would like die and they wouldn't be able to fall over because their bodies would be smushed together so much. Jeez. So, it was, yeah, there was lots of horrific things that went on there. Uh, after the war and the sort of Japan had fallen and they withdrew from Indonesia, the Indonesian nationalists took it over. So, like, the, essentially what is referred to as the rebels, but, I mean, there were the Indonesian people, essentially, that were trying to get away from the Dutch rule. So they managed to take over the city once more and Luang Sawu. But using the tunnels that led from the key points of the city um, and towards Luang Sawu and into Luang Sawu, the Dutch managed to use these tunnels to take back over the city from the nationalists after five days of skirmishing and shooting and killing each other. Uh, and this ultimately resulted in the death on the grounds of Luang Su of six railway workers who died. So more just death in this goddamn so place. So much yeah. fucking death. So much death. So then it was taken back by the Indonesian army, thankfully, and taken away from the Dutch. And in ninety in the nineties, sorry, it was declared a spot of cultural importance. Oh wow! So. Not really hard to see how this place is haunted after the recounts of so much murder and death in it from World War Two, but um, yeah, encounters with spirits are very regular here. Like poltergeist phenomena are very common, such as like sounds, objects moving, cold spots, knocks, unexplained sort of sudden emotion stuff like that. Like general spirit shit, you know what I'm saying? But there are a number of really fucking creepy hauntings that go on here that are far more terrifying than, like, regular, like, apparitions and things Ooh, like that. And that would what? be that there are tons of spirits that roam the halls of Luang Sawu, covered in blood and gruesomely missing their head. So they're just the beheaded ghosts Whoa. of the people who were decapitated downstairs. Just roaming the grounds all the time. That's fucked up. Yeah, I know. But not only of the Javanese, both the Javanese and Dutch ghosts. Because mm. when Japan, 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 when Japan invaded, um, <laughs> when Japan invaded, obviously the Dutch were still there. So Dutch and Indonesian people got killed, which was unfortunate, and executed. So not only that. Here's the motherfucking creme de la creme of this place. Okay, we love a good creme de la creme. And it's been a while that I've been researching similar sort of ghosts to this, like Southeast Asia ghosts and like different kinds of spirits because there are a lot that are really weird and have like no counterparts in like other culture. So, Luang Sawu is apparently being haunted by a Kuntilanak. Uh, a what? What is a kuntilanak, you ask? Sounds like a kunt to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of like a lady in white. Lady but in red. Is killing me. So yeah, lady in white, but like super fucked up vampire version. Oh. Okay, yeah. So this particular ghost is like only native to Indonesia and Malaysia. 
It is sort of caused by the death of a pregnant lady. So it's oh. not it's not too hard to see how like maybe someone who was a prisoner down there had a pregnancy and then the Japanese slaughtered them or whatever. Yeah. Fucking hell. So rising from a grave or resting place or a banana tree, <laughs> which is where they like to hide. <laughs> Banana trees. Yep. Of all fucking places. I know. They're like, you know what's a good spot? Banana tree. Gotta get that potassium. You know what I'm saying? I'm a I'm a vampire ghost. I'll fucking be in a banana tree. Why not? So on the full moon she rises and she announces her presence with a series of loud baby cries. No. Yeah. No, no, no. If the cry no. is soft. She is near. If the cry is loud, she is far. That makes no sense. Exactly. So, imagine, yeah, imagine the lady in white just, like, floating around. Grizzly sort of expression. Teeth in her mouth. Like a fanged maw. Long, sharp fingernails. Straight up, like, Wendigo level. Crying baby on her arm. Crying baby voice. I will kill you. <laughs> Anyhow, so to defeat her, there is a way to defeat her. Give her a baby. <laughs> no. She'll probably eat that. So she kills people. Sorry, before I get into how to defeat her. She kills people by digging into their stomach with her claws and ripping out their intestines. No, that's yeah, nasty. She's, she's savage. Oh, shit. So I think she's a spirit, but you can actually like interact with her physically, like touch her and stuff. Oh, She's no, tangible. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You wouldn't. You'd run away. You'd yeah. wait till you hear that loud baby cry. Yeah. Yeah. So to defeat her, you must hammer a nail into the exact apex of her head. That's right. <laughs> the exact, like not even just like a the, little no, bit. No, it's off. like the tip top, tip top, tip. Exact point on the top of her head where it's not the middle. Not even a little bit to the left. Not the right. middle to not a little to the left. Not a little to the right. Not anywhere in between of that. Actually, exactly in between of that. <laughs> in the middle. Oh, and yes. when yeah, when she has this nail freaking plunged into the top of the head, she becomes beautiful, like a beautiful human being again. And then you can kill her. What? And then you're all good after that. I don't wonder how many have succeeded, Preacher. <laughs> how many? Do you have a count? You, you don't, because none have. Am I right? I don't know yet. Maybe some have. None have killed the one, the one, the one at Lawang, Sawu, that's for sure. Because it's still roaming around eating people's organs and stuff. Yeah, because no one can just fucking do that. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how the hell you meant to nail. This fucking vampire ghost in the head when it's ripping out your intestines. You don't. You don't. Fuck no. Anyhow, another sort of little fun thing I might add before I finish up for this episode. Lawang Sawu was featured on a popular TV show in Indonesia where they were doing like a little ghost hunt. Oh, no. In the ghost hunt videos where this sort of guy goes into B-building basement where the fucking chambers were and he sits down and at a far hallway, this could be faked, maybe not because it seems like it's held in a pretty high regard, this show. In the far hallway in pitch darkness, you can see this white shape, 
like a dress lady move into frame. No. Yep. No. And then the guy the guy begins like screaming and has like rosary beads and stuff and begins like praying and like thrusting the beads at this oh, like Jesus. in the direction of this thing. And then almost like that, like in a blink, the thing's just gone out of the hallway. Whoa. I know. Pretty creepy. That's no. It's a big no. It's a big no from you. It's a big no. Yeah. All right, well, that's all I have for Lawang Sawu. I would rather the bell witch. Yeah, she seems pretty nice. Yeah, she's trying to protect everyone. This other one's trying to, like, eat your organs and cry like a baby. (laughs) How creepy is that? There's so many cool, like, Malaysian and Indonesian spirits and Thai spirits as well. There's, like, this weird other vampire one uh, that's really similar to that one. That is like a floating set of organs with a and lungs and shit with like a female face and teeth. So there's no body, just the organs. No. Like I'll talk about that someday. That's fucked up. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you for joining us once again <laughs> for this episode. Thank you. Of you mean a poltergeist? Remember, if you want to. Find us on Instagram, on Facebook, or support us on Patreon. You can at You Mean a Poltergeist. Thank you to our patrons. We love you eternally. If you want to follow our personal Instagrams, mine's Bambi Maccas, B-A-M-B-I-M-A-C-C-A-S. And mine's Braden Fivash, B-R-O-I-D-O, and number five, A-S-H. And uh, I guess to end that, we should say... What about the food? Hello, French. Hello, French. Hello. Hello. So if you haven't listened to the last two episodes or follow us on Instagram or Facebook, which you should be doing, we just told you where to go and follow it. Fucking go do it. We have a direct link to 40% off your very first meal kit delivery from HelloFresh. Click on it. Get your discounts. Get your, your mood, your food already pre-packed and pretty much pre-made all you gotta do is cook it it's ready in less than 30 minutes and there's dinner for you babes delicious and delicious and so healthy so many options do you want to change your life in 2020 start this decade off right with some hello fresh hello fresh where dietitians have designed all of it just for you and me and everyone else and And you can get 40 percent off click on our link fucking do it go on do it do it do it support yourself support us But most of all, exercise regularly. (laughs) Good end. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.